Welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corker Foundation for Mental Health. We are your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week, through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. We are not experts or therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and have interviewed hundreds of others who do as well. By sharing stories of lived experiences, we expose depression for the lying bully that it is. Hello, Bridget. Hi, Terry. This is season 20 in review, and as you know, if you're a regular listener, about every 12 episodes or so, we do a little summary. These reviews not only let us tie up one season and start another, but they're also a great way for new listeners to sample snippets of a number of episodes, all in about 20 minutes. To get a better idea of the many ways that shared stories can help us to feel connected and to give us some hope. Because this year we started with some live webinars instead of podcasts, our review will start all the way back with the new year and episode 198, Resolving to Prioritize Our Mental Health in the New Year. While the title may make it sound dated, advice from a trusted psychologist about how to prioritize our mental health is always timely. If it helps, you can always replace the word resolution with goal or focus. Dr. Margaret's perspective is a valuable one, including the reminder to consider our diet, everything we consume, from social media and news exposure to the kind of people we spend time with. I have this saying, good givers uh, attract good takers. Are you really giving and giving and giving in relationships and don't realize that, you know, those relationships don't give you back much? Or are you in some kind of toxic relationship where toxic friendships where, you know, uh, the people that you're hanging out with are, are complainers or are people who look on the negative side of things? You're going to absorb some of that. So you be, you're very, Again, I'll use the term proactive in what you want to surround yourself with. Dr. Margaret encourages a holistic approach to life that prioritizes our mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional selves. The full 21-minute episode, number 196, Resolving to Prioritize Our Mental Health in the New Year, could help you approach your life in a more balanced and self-respectful way. I love thinking of diet as everything that we consume. I do, too. I think it's an essential thought, and I will admit to having it seldom. Yeah, me too. Next is episode 197, Dual Diagnosis, Depression, and Substance Abuse Disorders. About a third of all people experiencing mental illnesses and about half of people living with severe mental illnesses also experience substance abuse, according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. In this episode, we speak with veteran Don Sircone about his depression, anxiety, drug and alcohol use, and the tools that he uses to manage his mental health, including music. I don't know what. Sometimes I'll be fine one second, and then I'll be staring off, zoning out, and next thing you know, I'm in my head. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm down. But now... When that happens, I used to just let it go, and it would really turn into an episode. Now what I do, if I feel that, 
I'll go in my room and or out on the lanai, you know, back porch and in the sun and just play some music. Whatever my mood is, I play the opposite. Like if I'm down, I play poppy music. If I'm up, I'll play whatever. It doesn't affect me when I'm feeling good. It just makes me feel better. And it is such a great tool to fight depression, anxiety, you know. Don is one of those refreshingly candid, no-topic-off-the-table kind of guys. His 25-minute episode, Dual Diagnosis Depression and Substance Abuse Disorders, is well worth your time. I like your word choice, refreshingly candid. I did really enjoy Don. In episode 198, Depression Can Change Us in Good and Bad Ways, we spoke with Paul Marlowe about his mental health journey, and the phrase lost and found kept coming to mind. Paul lost so much in the years preceding and during his descent into depression's pit, and he found a new, more honest, and healthy version of himself, too. With vulnerability, candor, and insight, Paul talks about his experience of having all that was him crash down in rubble. His description of a rough morning after a rough night is one many of us can relate to. And I would wake up and then I'd go to the shower. And I remember showering because I'd shower right away and like crawling up into a ball and crying and putting my head against the wall. Like, what is happening? Why is this happening to me? How did I get here? And like that, literally months of that daily. Um, and then getting up, shake myself off, dry myself up, and like getting some breakfast in me and clothes on and plodding my way to work to make it through a work day because I had to pay the bills. Paul's story and life improved considerably, and he also shares about the deliberate and mindful ways he's rebuilding that life and himself. The full 20-minute episode is number 198, Depression Can Change Us in Good and Bad Ways. We continue our conversation with Paul in episode 199, Routine as a Mental Health Tool. Depression can come seemingly out of nowhere and change seemingly every aspect of our days. Daily routines designed with mental health maintenance in mind give us some control over how we begin and end our days. And while healthy daily habits are no guarantee our depression won't strike, at least we are better rested and nourished to fight the good fight against it. When I was in the bad place, dark place, down place, whatever you want to call it, I thought there's the only way I'm going to get out of this is if I focus on, you know, the first time I wake up. If I can set something up where I can perhaps get a small win in the day, I'm all about small wins, somehow succeed in the day, it's going to happen in the morning. So that is where I'm going to start focusing. That's where I start focusing, creating a routine. Uh, And my routine looked like, you know, the usual making your bed. And making your bed was one win that I could do. And I could, like, check it off my list. Like, okay, I created a win. I did something on my list within the first minute. Uh And mentally, that is is a win. That is a confidence builder, especially when you're not very confident within anything in your life. The full episode 199, Routine as a Mental Health Tool, is 22 minutes long and may inspire you to add some healthy and helpful habits to your morning or nighttime routines. Terry and I have made a few changes since we talked with Paul. 
Mostly because I like the idea of being rested and nourished for the fight, right? Ding! Ding! One of depression's most insidious characteristics is its intent to convince us we don't have it. That our dark thoughts, loss of energy, and inability to experience joy are personal characteristics and failings and not symptoms. That we're just too weak to handle life the way others are able to. And believing that dissuades us from approaching depression like a medical condition for which there are treatments. And it keeps us trapped in that downward spiral that costs us on so many levels. In our remix of Sick Not Weak, we have a candid discussion with mental health advocate and sports journalist Michael Landsberg. Michael says he didn't realize he was sinking into a bad depression because for him, the descent was gradual. It was not like all of a sudden it's like, whoa, am I ever depressed? It was this tiny tap on my arm that I couldn't feel. But when it accumulated enough, it was like, wow, you know, one day I was asked to do something and I then I said no. And then I realized, wow, that's not something I would ever have rejected ever. Mm-hmm. So why did I do that? And I started to uh, I started to assess my life and try to figure out back over the last six months, what are the things that I have not been doing? Uh, and I realized that I had changed. And this was the, the real realization, which I, I still find to be devastating, was that, you know, I had lost who I was. It was like I was replaced by somebody else. And I did not like that person. I did not want to be that person. Landsberg is the founder of Sick Not Weak, a resource out of Canada that offers a mental health community, blog, and other resources you might want to check out. It never ceases to amaze me how you cannot know that it is coming on to you or coming, you know, like descending upon you because, uh, gosh, it's so insidious. But it's so easy to just think it's because blank, right? I'm having oh, a bad because day it's you. somebody did something or, well, that too, but also life. And, you know, you can just think you're reacting to that until all of a sudden it's out of proportion to all stimulus or, yeah. Yeah, a cl- a, definitely a cunning enemy. We continue our conversation with Landsberg in our next episode, focusing on the role medications can play in mental health management. Like us, Landsberg does not push meds or think that they're the right choice for everyone. But he really does believe that it's a mistake to take anything off the table because you're afraid of what others might think. And that's why I I have the saying, which is you need to learn to love the thing that you hate the least. You need to learn to love the thing that you hate the least. So I hate my depression more than anything. I hate my medication too, but I hate it less than I hate the illness. So it's like, do I like being on meds? No. Do I wish I was off meds? Absolutely. But I'd rather be on the meds where I am right now than be back to where I was. So I have learned to love the thing that I hate the least. That phrase is the name of the full 17-minute episode, Meds and Learning to Love the Thing that You Hate the Least. We think you can tell from the last two snippets that Michael is a high-energy guy who's very comfortable talking about his depression and anxiety. If you're struggling with thoughts of trying antidepressants, hearing him speak without shame about them might be helpful. I think hearing anyone talk without shame about Kind of anything mental health related is helpful, in my opinion. Ding! Ding, and you're a dinger. Next up is episode 200, OK is Different for Everyone. 
Hey, are you okay? How many times have you heard that? How many times have you asked that question? Aside from the reflexive reply, always, I'm fine, what is okay? What does it look like for you on a good day? And how is that different on a bad one? That's the reality we discuss with our guest, Tara, who reminds us that okay looks different for everyone, and it changes. I have days where okay for me looks like getting dressed, taking a shower, and eating. Um, Okay for me may look like being social and going out with my daughter and doing something or functioning, so to speak, and, and cooking meals and being outside and doing something that would look normal to somebody else. And my not normal days may be um, laying in bed for eight hours. And that day, success may be that I decided to breathe that day, that I decided to stick around. Um, And that's going to look a lot different than anybody else's normal, just because that is the nature of depression. Tara's full episode number 200, OK is Different for Everyone, is 24 minutes long. It's interesting because okay is different for everyone, and so is depression. Similarities and differences, absolutely. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. In episode 201, we look at what depression makes us miss. It might be connection, energy, hope, or our very selves. Our guest, Savannah Wall, uses the phrase homesick to describe that feeling. I have all that, like, you know, a normal person would want, but I just felt so empty and so far away from the people that I loved. No matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't feel them. Um, It's just a very, very dark place to be. I didn't know how to describe it except for just feeling really homesick and homesick for the people that I loved, homesick for you know, kind of who I was before depression, homesick for that bubbly, you know, energetic, you know, woman that I was. Um, And I just, I couldn't get there no matter how hard I tried. This episode is another reminder that depression is not a lack of gratitude. We can be aware of the good things in our lives, but when your thoughts and body are being hijacked by depression, you are simply unable to feel any of it. Again, that full 19-minute episode, 201, is called What Depression Makes Us Miss. Bridget, I like your use of the verb hijacked. I don't hear that very often with depression, and it is kind of what happens, isn't it? It's a Mm -hmm. really apt word. Episode 202 was prompted by an intriguing article in which our guest, Alexandria Brown, wrote that when she realized she couldn't say goodbye to her depression, she made the choice to say goodbye to hiding it. And she says that admitting she was not okay was the best decision she's ever made for her mental health. Um, I think recognizing what it is um, and knowing that I'm not just a really sad person who looks for negativities in life or or angry for no reason, um, it helps me kind of understand what I'm going through and gives myself that compassion that I would give someone else. Alex says she now embraces the new person she is, one who is both fully accepting of the fact depression is a piece of her 
and a woman determined to not let depression win. And we appreciate the reminder to show ourselves the compassion that we would show someone else we care about if they were struggling in a similar way. And to try to remember that it's a piece of you, not all of you. Absolutely. In episode 203, we answer the question, when is a breakdown a breakthrough? We think it's when it convinces someone who has been soldiering through deeply challenging life events and depression that it's okay to take off the mask and ask for help and support. Our guest is Shannon, or Shanny Pants, as she's known in her popular social media platforms. Harkening back to Tara's comments, in okay is different for everyone, Shannon says depression is really hard to define, and we agree. Like I said, it can be different every day. There's some days where I'm just kind of off, and so I'm not my, you know, my full fun self, but I'm able to work and I'm able to do things. And then there's days I don't get off the couch. So um, it is kind of a, it's, it's a weird feeling to, to feel opposite of what my good days are. Um, and so it's, it's a struggle. That full 21-minute episode, 203, is called From Breakdown to Breakthrough. We continue our conversation with Shannon in episode 204, Asking for and Accepting Help. In it, Shannon, a working mother of three, who had always prided herself on being strong and independent, shares how it took a global pandemic and a breaking point to get her to rethink that reflexive response. For me, one of the biggest things that has helped is asking for help and accepting help because I've never been that type of person. I'm a, I'll do it all myself and then I take on too much and it stresses me out and then I anxiety and the depression. So I, the last two years, that's been my thing in, in this past year dealing with some health stuff, I've had to accept help and, um, it's been very humbling. It's been a really good experience for me to realize like, that's okay. You know, if I need someone to take my kids to school or whatever it might be, um, that's okay. It's okay to ask for help. From that vulnerable place, Shannon says she has forged stronger relationships and is better able to manage both her mental health and life in general. If you're curious about EMDR therapy, in this episode, Shannon also describes her first session. The full 18-minute episode is called Number 204, Asking for and Accepting Help. I so appreciate hearing that relationships can become healthier and better and that you can like magnetize people that really see you and get you and still love you as a result of depression. Right? Because we're so afraid. Yes, we're so afraid to to show that chink in our armor thinking that people will, and it does happen unfortunately sometimes, but avoid us. But um, for her and for lots of us, that hasn't always been the case. Yeah, I can see why people avoid it. It's scary and vulnerable and intimate and very real. Yeah. But it's lovely to hear that there can be positive outcomes. Absolutely. Next, we posted one of the most popular episodes from our archives, When Depression Makes Normal Tasks impossible. If you have depression, you know this symptom. Our guest calls it the impossible task. Maybe it's making your bed or doing the dishes or laundry, taking a shower, or even answering the phone. That's a big one for us. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that you've done a million times and it's pretty simple. Until it's not. Until it feels just impossible 
because of depression. Here's one example she gave that will sound very familiar and understandable to those of us with depression and nearly ridiculous to someone who's never experienced it. One time when I was in a very bad depressive phase, um, I couldn't make my bed for some reason for an entire month. Um, I had the I had all, I had clean sheets <laughs> and they were folded and sitting on the edge of my bare mattress um, and they were all ready to go and all I had to do was stretch the sheets over my bare mattress and for whatever reason I just couldn't do it um, and so I ended up sleeping on the couch uh, with like just like an Afghan quilt for a month <laughs> a month um, and then. You know, things got easier, the darkness lifted a little, um, and then there was a day that I was able to make my bed, and I started to be to my bed again. We are so grateful to all of our guests for their willingness to share their experiences so that we all know it is not just us. We're also grateful to Molly for giving us the phrase, the impossible task, to describe that particular symptom of depression. The full 18-minute episode, When Depression Makes Normal Tasks Impossible, will make you feel understood and definitely not alone. And the most recent episode this season was another popular one from our archives called Depression, Humor, and Keeping It Real. In one of the most unvarnished, unstigmatized discussions we've had to date, rapper and comedian Zane Thomas tackles everything from helping a suicidal friend to how substance use has impacted his mental health, and how humor and talking about depression help him cope. Zane talks about depression and suicidal thoughts like they're common, because for many of us, they are. Sometimes I'll get in these moods where I'm just like, I'm in the deepest depression. I hate everything. I hate myself, everything outside of me. And I'll be really, I'll be really low. And it's, it's funny because like the only thing that will bring me out of that is a laugh. And I know that if I can just get one laugh, then if I can laugh once, I can laugh twice. So when, when I'm that low, it's, it's, it's kind of just look. it's like, there's gotta be one, there's gotta be one thing to laugh about. I have to be able to look at myself and just be like, man, curling up in a ball, this is really fixing your relationship problems. You know, like whatever it is, whatever it is that's that, you know, what I'm dealing with, it's like, if I can just get that one laugh, it's like, <laughs> okay, this isn't that big of a deal. I can almost exhale and, and breathe better, but it's like my brain almost works better because I'm searching for them. I'm searching for that laugh because I know it's what's going to make me feel better. That full 20 minute episode is called Depression, Humor, and Keeping It Real. It just amazes me, Terry, that after talking to hundreds of people about their own individual personal experiences with depression, that each individual's version of depression and managing their depression and relating to their depression is unique. It just, it's just, there are so many facets to it. It is interesting. And yet, as I heard you say that, I'm thinking that everybody I know who's had anything, you know, medical, let's say COVID, you know, there are the people who had mild symptoms and say it's like a cold and there are people who died and there are people like me who are in the hospital, you know, maybe it's just that our experiences are uniquely ours and and our experiences of illnesses and then depressions and illness. Hmm. The overlap of how it can simultaneously be, um, you know, an individual personal experience that is unique only to you and then another huge overlapping part of there's so many, so many, so many aspects of it that are similar. And that's comforting to hear, even though, you know, you 
kind of feel like a, a bad human being be like, oh, yay, you, you feel terrible too. You can't get out of bed either. You don't take a shower either. But it's just nice to know it's not just us. No, it's not. Thank you so much to everyone who has shared with us this season. You are brave and you are honest and you're helping others. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode. Thanks, Bridge. Ding! Ding! Love you. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's. We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on Depression's Dark Road. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.